Hello and welcome to A Day in the Life of Zori Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the A Day in the Life of Zori Podcast. I'm Zori, your host. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our second episode in the series and we just wanted to welcome all of our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey as we discover and put through this particular podcast. So last week we went through my beginnings and upbringing and moving into uh, New England and Connecticut and we finished with my introduction into college and the adoption of my little and youngest brother. So on this week's episode we will be just discussing my subsequent family, my meeting and dating my husband, and the family that we've thus created in the last 14 years that we've been together. Um, so I was in college when I met my husband. Um, we did not meet at college. I actually met him at our local church um, during a youth group event. So we were, obviously, I was 19 when I met him. So we were very young. Um, we were still partaking in the youth group activities. So I met him there. Um Oddly enough, it was through mutual friends, which we didn't even know we shared, that he ended up coming to this particular event. And when we met and said hello, we usually in our church, in our church, um, and it's very prominent in Latin culture, is you know you kiss and you hug everybody as you greet. And um, as we were going down, you know, I was going down the line of greeting everybody. I greeted him, and mistakenly, he did kiss me actually on the lips. Um, which was definitely a memorable moment, like, mm, hi, nice to meet you, <laughs> uh, thanks for the kiss, and uh, from there, we definitely developed a friendship, we found out that our families actually knew each other, so that was kind of interesting, once we've kind of already developed a friendship, um, our moms bumped into each other and figured out that we were actually seeing one another, and kind of, you know, getting close, and um, spending some time together, and they were both over the moon thrilled because they knew each other since we were actually in elementary school. Um, I do not remember meeting or seeing my husband in any of my previous schooling years. Um, so in retrospect, I probably am grateful that I didn't because he was very much a clown and that was very much not something that I was looking for. Um, when we met, I was actually finishing a long-term relationship of two years and was kind of taking a break from boys altogether. And then I did meet somebody who I was or had been interested in. And I actually ended up dating that person before actually giving my husband a chance. Um, during that time though, we had actually developed a really fun, close friendship and he kind of crept in. I wasn't really interested in him romantically, um, but I said, you know, friends never hurt. So we developed a friendship and just found a lot of things that we shared in common, you know, liking Adam Sandler movies and liking certain things. We would chat on AIM chat. The AOL instant messenger chat was one of our modes of communication. And we used to chat a lot through the AOL messenger and we were right at the peak of like cell phones becoming a thing. Yes, you guys, cell phones were not always a mode of communication. Um, but we, we had like our cell phones and we could text and call. Um, at the time we had to have, you know, certain restrictions. So you, you know, after seven and after nine, you had free minutes so you could talk all you wanted. But if it was before then, then you had to pay if you went over your minutes. I know totally dating myself but um and then of course the, the onset of like texting became a thing but definitely at the very cusp of our relationship and we 
use the AOL Instant Messenger, um, email, just these kind of modern day love letters, essentially. Uh, we then continued to develop this friendship and he, you know, he was really funny. He was really fun. He made things just a lot of fun. And I remember just kind of thinking one day, like after I, you know, I dated somebody for a few months and that didn't work out. And then he was just kind of sitting there waiting, you know, waiting in the sidelines, just kind of waiting for me to notice him. And I finally did. And he finally had the nerve to actually say something that he wanted to grow our friendship into a relationship. And when he did, it was just kind of this moment where it was like, how did you creep in here? And how did you manage to get me to feel this way about you? And it just, it felt very real. It felt um, just very overwhelming. And it felt like home. Being around him, talking to him, was soothing to my soul, soothing to my heart. And it was just a very, very cool feeling to have. Um, so when we started dating, just things just continued to grow and evolve and, and, and deepen, you know, in, in the emotion department. And um, we dated for a year. And at the one year mark, he proposed, um, which definitely took me by surprise because I didn't think that things would move so quickly. You know, you always dream about things moving um, forward and progressing, but we were so young that I thought that we could date for a while before, you know, getting really serious, but he wanted to lock it down. So at the one year anniversary, he proposed and it was just fantastic. We got engaged in New York. It was pouring rain. We had to take one of those city tour buses to kind of so wait out the rain, um, but it was so much fun. We were in Central Park, and he popped the question, and it was just a really memorable moment between the two of us just to be able to share that day and have this particular memory of just us um, solidifying our relationship. And then about 11 months after that, we did get married, so we were together and dating um, for one year, then engaged for almost another year before we got married totaling a three-year period from meeting and really beginning a friendship um, and having that friendship develop into something else. Um, we come from Christian families, so, you know, we had a lot of the same kind of similar backgrounds of growing up. He is an only, well, quote-unquote only child. He's his mom and dad's only child. His dad actually has um, another daughter, and I come from a family of six kids, so we, we have very different upbringings in that regard because he was the only kid in the house um, versus me being one of six, but we we shared commonalities in the big things. We, we are both very faith-minded people. We are both, you know, very compassionate, loving people. We like to lend a hand and do things that um, help, you know, help the people around us, and he was not in school. I was in school. So we, we did get married. I was still in college. And by the time we got married, I had received my full-time job, um, which I just celebrated a 14-year anniversary at this job. Um, I work in banking. 
and um, I got my first full-time job. I was in school. We got married, and then he was trying to kind of find and navigate his way, um, in which I supported him to go to a school of broadcasting here in Connecticut, and he did that for some time to try and figure out um, what he wanted to do. So at the time, because I was a singer and was involved in the worship group, he thought he would try and learn um, sound engineering. And actually going through the School of Broadcasting, they introduce you to a lot of different mediums. And he actually fell in love with videography, which he actually still does to this very day. He is a wedding videographer. He's excellent at what he does. He just puts these stories together and it just really makes you want to cry every single time. Um, he does such a beautiful job with everything that he does. And he really captures um, everybody's individual love story. So it's really, really beautiful. And it's something that he found then and continued to work on, um, and invest time in so that he, you know, he spent about a year and a half in, in the school. And then from there, they partner up and do like, um, internships. And with that, that he received a really cool internship, which was actually working through this Steve Volko's show in uh, Stanford, Connecticut, which was about an hour drive each way for him. So it was definitely a deep investment of time. Um, and being so early on into our relationship and marriage, um, it definitely took its toll because he obviously he had a regular job and then he would do this internship to kind of put in the man hours and gain some experience so that he could put that in his um, resume and be able to kind of get things more aligned to his interest. Um, during that period of time, we were married, obviously, under a year and a year to two years. And during that period of time, we definitely had an adjustment period. And I definitely think that it's realistic to discuss just the expectations. We were a young couple um, in our very early 20s, married, kind of figuring out, moving in together, making a home, handling and you know joining finances joining you know all these things and it was just a lot of information and things to kind of take in and gather all while you're still trying to evolve and develop your relationship romantically emotionally mentally um so there was a lot of definite adjustments that had to take place and I think that it's realistic to be able to share these things especially if you're somebody who's young and in a relationship that's committed and you're hoping to make that into a fully committed relationship and married, um, just know that it, it is definitely possible. We're celebrating our 14th wedding anniversary this summer, um, but it takes a lot of work and it's a lot of work up front, regardless of whatever point you get married. Joining two lives into one um, is a lot of, of investing, compromising, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of um, heightened emotions and, you know, sensitive emotions because you know you're trying to do things I think my way is better you think your way is better and how do we figure out what works for us um it's creating and building a household it's it's forming a household to the full extent of you know having this place be both mine and his and having it um be a safe and a safe haven for each, for both of us um so at the two-year mark, we actually found out that we were expecting our first daughter. We had not um, planned for this uh, blessing, but nonetheless, we welcomed it with open arms because we both were definitely open to having children, and children were definitely a goal in our relationship. So our little one was born 
um, July 21st of 2010. We were married in 2008. Um, so shortly after our two-year anniversary, our little first uh, daughter was born. Her name is Ariana. She's beautiful. She turns 12 this year. I can't believe it. Um, and she definitely helped both of us grow and mature um, and learn new lessons um, in terms of who we were as people, who we wanted to be as parents, and it reshaped what we were as a couple. Um, and I know, you know, people always say, oh, well, kids change things. Well, they certainly do. Um, and I think part of that change is just you having to kind of grow up in certain areas of your life that maybe you weren't quite mature in. Um, for us, it was definitely an adjustment. We were, we were so young. So I was 24, almost 25 when she was born and he was 23, almost 24. Um, so we were definitely in our early, you know, early mid twenties and, um, she came along and we were just trying to figure out parenting and no one around us at that point, um, except for a couple of friends had kids. So we had not been around people who had babies. Um, my siblings were far from having any babies. Uh, so it was definitely an adjustment period in trying to figure out how to manage things together. He was still um, interning at the time when I was pregnant and do and had the baby. So he had still these limited time crunches where he had to travel and do all kinds of stuff. Um, and I was still working full time. So it was just a lot of things. So during that period, after I, I did get a decent maternity leave with her. So I obviously used every second of that up and then some, and then we decided that he would take a different job opportunity during doing a different shift schedule to help accommodate and keep the baby home with us as long as possible. And that was a mutual decision. Um, we both decided that that would be the best thing for our family at that point in time to be able to do this, to be able to keep the baby home as long as possible, you know, not have her go out into the daycare world um, or anything like that. And then we were blessed enough to find one of our longtime family friends for me. Um, uh, one of the mom of that family was actually watching kids, um, taking care of just a, you know, a handful of kids for close friends and, and, you know, relatives. And she decided to accept our daughter as part of those few handful of kids that she would take care of. And she was absolutely delightful, wonderful, and magnificent blessing for us because it just, it really gave us peace of mind of where our daughter was and who was taking care of her and all the things that she needed were tended to. And she was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. She had experience, um, in early childhood. So she used to work, um, at one of our Head Start centers here and she was just absolutely wonderful. She was such a sweet, sweet lady. Oddly enough, I had actually dated her son in previous uh, in previous phases, so she would always joke around that our daughter was kind of her, you know, surrogate grandchild. Um, but she was just absolutely wonderful. And you know, my husband taking that shift change was 
um, hard for us to adjust because it meant I was working. And then when I came home, he was working and then he came home for bedtime. Um, so we would, you know, I would try and stay up late for him, but obviously we had a baby in the house. So I was exhausted, you know, staying up all late hours or waking up in the middle of the night to feed the baby. Um, so it was a long period of adjusting. Um, he did that second shift role for a couple of years. Um, and then once the baby was kind of getting ready for like preschool, um, we decided that he could try and migrate back to a normal schedule, which thankfully the opportunity presented itself and he was able to do that, um, which was great because then we just kind of really felt reconnected and reunited um, as a family front, as a couple, as a marriage. And during those first probably like five years of our marriage, there was just a lot of give and take. There was a lot of um, pressures and stress just from trying to figure things out you know we were trying to figure out how do we do this parenting thing how do we do this caretaking thing how do we invest time in you know in each other how do we invest time as a couple um and it's just it's a huge time management lesson um so for anybody out there listening if you are trying to figure out what works for you just know that time is essential you need to make time for your relationship, for your marriage, for your partner. You also need to make time for yourself to do things that you enjoy, to unwind, relax, have some time for yourself. And then you, of course, have to have dedicated family time, things that you do together, things that you do explicitly for the kids, um, places and things. So with our firstborn, we did a lot of things Um she got to do so many things, so many firsts. She, you know, we, she took, she, we took her to Disney um, when she was four. We took trips for her birthday every single year. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it didn't have to be anything super extravagant. We just wanted to see a new place, do a new thing. Um, and that was our goal was to be able to do things. And her birthday was the perfect excuse to kind of go do something and say, we're doing this for your birthday. Um, and that just became kind of like the, the the standard. We did hold off on having any other children for some time, only because twins ran very high in our families. Um, I have obviously two sets of twin siblings. And then he actually himself was a twin, but his twin uh, baby did not make it. So um, with that thought in mind, we were a little bit nervous that it could go from one kid to three overnight um and with that we decided to definitely do all the preventative things that we could to kind of not end up pregnant again um after about six years um after our daughter was born we mutually decided that it was time for us to expand our family and we were open to the thought of, of having another baby and it was taking us quite some time to get pregnant um we did get pregnant and then we subsequently miscarried um and then it took us a whole nother year before we had our second daughter um that in-between period of the miscarriage did a number on me and he um as my husband and partner and friend he definitely did the best he could to be supportive 
um, during that period of time. Sorry, <laughs> it's still um, a bit of an emotional like thing to go back to, but um, we were so blissfully happy when we found out we were pregnant, and then just within weeks, it like all fell apart. Um, so it was just like something we both really, really wanted. We were both really, really ready for, and then it didn't happen. Um, and I don't think that I processed it all right away. So I kind of like pushed it down, um, for some time. And then months and months later, it started to like, just kind of all pour out. So if you have, if you want to read, I actually happen to have a blog on WordPress. It's called A Day in the Life of Zori, like aptly named as this podcast. And um, in that, during that period of time, I just recently went back and reread a lot of stuff because I was trying to compile something um, to try and publish it. And definitely there was a lot of strong emotions that come about when you have an experience like a miscarriage. And at that point in time, I had had one of our really close friends, um, whom my co- my husband calls a sister, had gone through one um, the previous year. And then my very own sister, who was trying to have her first, miscarried as well. But she subsequently got pregnant really quickly after. So in the middle of my sister going through the same thing, but then recovering really quickly, And then my other sister was pregnant. So I had two pregnant sisters at the same time that I was trying to um, get pregnant myself and miscarried. So there was a lot of things going on that year. And I ended up having a really, really preemie niece um, just before all of this happening to me. So there was just, I had so many worries and concerns already just praying and, you know, asking God to to strengthen my niece and give the strength and comfort to my sister during this time. And when it happened, I I just think there was so much already on our plates um, emotionally and just mentally. There was so many things we were already worried about and concerned about. Um, My grandpa was, had been really, really sick that summer. It was just so many things that were kind of piling up. And I just, I really think I pushed it to the back burner because I couldn't process it. Um, my miscarriage experience in the hospital was one of the absolute worst things I've ever had medically um, happen to me with the medical um, attendance that I had. Um, the doctor was completely cold, completely just removed from the situation and the severity of what it meant to me. Um, she was horrible. And, and to this day, I, I still say that she had the absolute worst bedside manner I've ever seen on a doctor. Um, and... It was just it, the whole thing. It's it's bad enough that you're going through this and you don't even know why. And then to have the medical staff that's attending to you not even show a bit of empathy um, towards you was just really, really hurtful. So it was just a lot. Um, so from there, I kind of just suppressed it for a long period of time before I was ready to like really face it and process it. And to be honest, it was a, a song that I heard on the radio on Caleb. Um, and it was they introduced the song by explaining the the backstory to it. And and then the singer in the group had actually gone through a miscarriage herself. And this was her cry to God about, you know, your will be done, but I can't imagine how my broken heart is a part of that plan. Um, And going, just hearing the song just really, I'm a worship leader. I love, I 
live and love through song. Um, my life is a complete melody, and if it does not have a melody, I'm not really experiencing it. And this song came on the radio, and I had to pull over because I was just like pouring tears, and it just it all like came flushing out. And um, you know, at that point, I you know, I definitely had a broken heart, and I didn't know if we would get pregnant again um, because that was always a possibility. Um, but we did. It took an entire year and just on the verge of going off to a all-inclusive vacation to celebrate a friend's wedding, we found out that we were expecting. Um, we tried to keep it under wraps because we didn't want to celebrate um, too early. Um, and we did let our daughter know and we just kind of prayed and hoped that everything would be um okay but um and you know it, it took us some time but um we tried to not celebrate too early and we went through all the milestones every single week you know going through and checking and making sure that everything was good we finally got to the um, OBGYN appointment. Um, we confirmed everything. They confirmed the pregnancy. Everything seemed solid and healthy. And then within a couple of months, I started to have spotting and my heart sank. I said, oh my gosh, something's wrong. And this pregnancy became the most difficult, emotionally taxing, mentally taxing, experience of my life. My first one was flawless. I, I literally walked into work on my duty, bouncing around like nothing was going on. Um, and then with my second pregnancy, it was so scary. I ended up uh, having placenta previa, which is when the placenta actually attaches to the front part of your uterus. So it's, you know, your uterus, placenta, baby, um, which meant that it kind of created itself in a place where you have the potential for it to um, rip and tear. And with every rip or tear that it has, there's bleeding. Um, so I was in and out of the hospital constantly during this pregnancy. So coming off of a miscarriage and then going into this was just completely stressful. Um, we knew that we were going to have a C-section, so we weren't going to attempt to do anything crazy because we had the placenta preview and we didn't know where all of that would end up at the time of delivery. We didn't want any complications of the baby and the cord um, being entangled with the baby. So the only easy part of this was going into the delivery room and knowing that I could just waltz up in there with my robe and greet everybody like it was just a chipper, wonderful morning. And then within 30 to 40 minutes, the baby would be here. Um, she was born absolutely perfect. She was almost nine pounds and she had a head full of hair. Our firstborn was bald as a cue ball. Um, she was beautiful. My beautiful spring baby, Michaela, and she was worth every single stress and hassle and moments of just worry, but she was absolutely perfect and exactly what our family needed. And when our oldest, uh, youngest, was born, it was just, 
it felt like the completion of our family. And we were so overjoyed, so happy. And then she ended up being really difficult, crying, um, baby. I tried to um, breastfeed and that didn't work out. She ended up being allergic to dairy. And it was just a lot of adjusting. But we were definitely both ready to embrace this new chapter of being a family of four. And we had waited very much so and anticipated her arrival. And when she was born, I mean, she was just so perfect. She was so beautiful. Her little head of hair, she came down from heaven with a hairdo already. And um, she's the sassy little spice to our lives. Um, our oldest is super chill, super calm super quiet and just funny, but just in a more quiet, demure way. Our second is rolling thunder. She is loud and spontaneous and goofy, and she loves to play games, and she loves to find a way to make something a playful thing. Um, their personalities are vastly different, but they're Love and compassion and kindness is very much the same. They're both super sweet and loving um, and doting. And it's just so cool to see how we've raised two kids who are so incredibly different at their core, but yet so very similar at the same time. Um, the little one looks like me. <laughs> when I was little, my mom sees her and she's like, it's like looking at you 30-something years ago. Um, my oldest is almost as tall as me. Very, very fair. Dark, dark hair. Curly, 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 curly hair. Our youngest is a little more... Uh, has a little bit of a tan. She's so fair. Um, she has very medium to dirty blonde colored hair. And it's straight, 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 straight. And her hair grows so fast. She's like our tiny little Rapunzel. She has had hair. And I thought her hair would, you know, how babies shed their newborn hair. She never shed her hair. On the contrary, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And it was down her back. <laughs> um, by the time she was like a year and a half, it was like down her back. It's crazy. Um, she, yeah, so they're just like, they're both my brown eyed beautiful beauties, but they are vastly different in their appearance, vastly different in their personalities, um, and just how they are. You know, the little one's definitely an extrovert. She likes to put it out there. And if she's happy, she's everybody knows it. And if she's not happy, everybody knows it. Um, whereas my oldest is definitely more quiet, more reserved. And she's just, you know, she's she's a preteen. So I definitely have preteen mood swings that kick in. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's just a pleasure and a blessing to be able to have them both. And we form uh, the Cabreras, <laughs> the party of four, Cabrera party of four. Um, we enjoy many things as a family and we try to find things. They're eight years apart. So some of the things we have to do, um, there's always some kind of compromise, um, in terms of what we can do 
for the little one. She'll be four in a couple months. So we're definitely progressing to the point where we kind of both be able to meet halfway in terms of things that we can do as a family. But um, being eight years apart makes it interesting sometimes to be able to find things that they'll both enjoy, that they'll both like. All right, guys. Well, I definitely do want to thank you all for joining our podcast today. Um, just want to remind you, again, for anybody that's in that young relationship or you know, dating or trying to figure out what you want out of life and how all of that can work out, I definitely just want to share that while it may be difficult and a lot of things do take a lot of time, effort, compromise, um, and sacrifices um, on one or the other over periods of time, it's definitely something that if you are in it with the right person, the things are worthwhile, the sacrifices are worthwhile, and in the end, everything pays off. So my husband and I will be celebrating our 14th wedding anniversary this year, but we have been together now for 16 years. And honestly, at the end of the day, when I am ready to lay my head down to the pillow, I am grateful and blessed and thankful that he is the one that is still by my side He's the one that has seen me come up, that has seen me grow up, become a mother, figure out how to be a mother, figure out how to be a wife. And he supported me and loved me through all of it. Um, and I just want to share, you know, it's so wonderful to be able to have somebody in your life who takes the time to get to know you, to know the things that inspire you, that move you, that light a fire in you. And it's somebody that continues to challenge you and push you and motivate you to do more and be more. And that's what we have in one another. I certainly hope that that's how he feels, but I definitely know that that's how I feel. And I know that I've supported him through a lot of things, you know, building his business and career. And he recently switched jobs in this fall and it was definitely, it's a collective effort. We are a team and by all intents and purposes, we support one another. And when one is down, the other is holding down the fort um, and vice versa. And that is what a relationship and marriage should be. Um, and I certainly hope that if you are out there and you are still wondering if you're going to find it, you will certainly find it when you least expect it. It will come to you. So definitely keep having that positive outlook in life and you will attract that positive into your life. So with that, I will leave you friends. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all. Love you. God bless. Take care. And until next time, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye.